Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funkin' Strictly Monkin', the only show where if uh, Mogwai in the movie Gremlins couldn't funk after midnight, it would never be a problem. Now, if they can't monk after midnight, it would be a problem, because that's all we do. I'm your host, Jay Christie, joining us always by Andre Andre, how are you? Honestly, I did not even know Mogwai was a thing, except for, like, a band. Have you never seen the film Gremlins? I have, but I don't remember the fucking names. It was, like, years ago. I mean, well, Mogwai is what a gremlin... You know what a gremlin is? A Mogwai is what they're called when they're still the cute furry things. And oh, after, really? Didn't after know. you feed them after midnight, they become gremlins. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Now, of course, the question that everyone has asked since the beginning of time is, how do time zones work? And if you can't feed them after midnight, when do you start feeding them again? Um... You know, it's a good point. And also, the thing is, if you, I don't think if you get them wet, they multiply. But another thing too is that, like, if the humidity is high enough, will they start multiplying? Like, how much water does it have to be in order to? Uh, this, I mean, none of the questions I'm asking are new questions. People have dissected gremlins for a very long time. Um, but uh, anyway, how are you? Um, I'm actually good. Uh, yeah, it's another another Thursday. Um, you know, I told you earlier that we're gonna be. I'm going to be in Lake Tahoe next week mm-hmm. yeah. for the whole week. Um, mm. So that'll be fun. Mm. That's that's basically all. Yeah, shout out to Lake Tahoe. Um, so I have a question just before we even get into it. Because we, we should talk about this off pod, but why not? Uh, the next part thing is a two-parter. So do you want to do one part on Monday and then one part the next week or both parts? Uh, I mean, one part on record one part on Sunday or do both parts on Sunday? Well, since you've watched both episodes, is it a lot of plot that goes through both episodes? Yes, it's a lot of plot. Okay, so, so we should just do it again, like just yeah, let's split it up. That's what I thought. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, but we're not here to talk about that. We're talk- here to talk. Mr. Monk paints his master ma- paints his masterpiece. Um, which uh, what do you think about? Uh, again, I-, I feel like it's been like uh, the last four episodes or something. Like mm-hmm. very solid, very good. Um, I liked it. it yeah, great. I think that it's the actual like plot of it is doesn't super work because it doesn't really. It's unclear really what the arc uh, that Monk's going through is. It feels like a lot of stuff's happening to him as opposed to... I mean, obviously he make, is making... But, like, if you ask me, like, what does what changes does Monk go through this episode, I really couldn't explain what his arc is. But I I'll think... I'll say this. Yeah. I'll say this. I think his art's fucking great. I would love that. Oh, too. yeah, that's... Oh, honestly, 100%. No, I said arc, not yeah. art. But I think his art yeah, yeah, is great no. as well. Yes, I would... And this is not a joke. If the prop master is listening, I would honestly pay $1,000 for any of those. I really would. I would, too. I would, too. I think I would pay the most for the Kroger one. I just thought that one was great. My favorite is probably the Snowman. Snowman's good, too. Yeah. Because the thing is, we'll talk about We'll get into it. I mean, we'll probably Because of the movie, now. The Snowman? No. Uh, I, I didn't follow any of the clues. But um, <laughs> the reason is because, like, although she's bullshitting, what the art professor says is correct in some way. Like... Th- it's not he's not good at it, but like there have been people who have made millions on art basically doing what Monk's doing, like simplifying objects into very straight linear form. Like it's not crazy what he's doing, you know. It's um, and yeah, and the thing is he gets better, you know. Like yeah, he does. I mean, I'm telling you, it's it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, but what I was gonna say is, I honestly think that, I think that acting was just kind of an idea. And I think that Peter Stormare's performance in this episode invented acting. I, <laughs> I think that he was the first person ever to actually act. Because he is, he is like a celestial object 
People are fucking orbiting around his overacting in this, and it is just a joy to watch. He's, without a doubt, Listen, my top favorite character I'm, actors. I'm calling you out because you literally were jerking off uh, John Hawks last John, week. I think great performances. I, I think pre, I mean, I think John Hawks is actually good last week. Peter Schomer is not good, but he is doing a lot, and I think I appreciate it. He's selling it. He is, I mean, he has never seen a piece of scenery he didn't want to chew on. Like, have you ever what, seen what's a your, not- what's your What's your favorite Peter Sumer performance? Oh, he's actually not close. The Devil at the end of Constantine. He's unbelievable. Um, oh god, I don't even. I don't even. Remember. I remember he was in that movie, obviously, I but I don't like. It's uh, been a while since I've seen yeah. it. It's it's a movie. It's probably the movie that isn't. It's probably the movie I like the most that is liked by other people the least. Because generally, most of the movies I like are pretty well liked. Like I'm not. I a like super, that movie. I'm not a super. I no, like I love that movie. I think it's like super underrated. That I also think he's. Um, I mean, I think he's super funny at the beginning of John Wick 2, where he's like, I heard the guy killed a guy with a fucking pencil. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked him in uh, Minority Report. Oh, my God, when he takes out his eyes. Or yeah, when yeah, he yeah. plays the uh, hardcore pornographer in the film 8mm. I mean, he's just great in everything. <laughs> he's just, I haven't seen I haven't seen that movie in a I, long time. I don't even fucking remember any of it. I only watched it because The Ringer did something on it, because I... The, I okay, I know I'm bits of that, but like... Whenever you, I hear people talk about a movie that they love that is not good, I'm always obsessed in watching it because I love hearing people talk about something that is very special to them but isn't to other people. It just makes me so happy. And so whenever I hear, like, whenever they do a podcast about, like, a movie that just they like, I'm like, I got to watch it because, you know, I can listen to people talk about their favorite movie that's bad for an hour. Can we do, can we do at some point, like, down the line, can we just do an Inherent Vice podcast? Done. I mean, honestly, I... I love that movie so it's much. It's one of my favorite. I, every time I watch it, I like it more. It's not. It's not yeah. my second favorite PTA movie. It's unbelievable. Um, it's my favorite. Yeah, no. Anyway, we actually got to talk about the episode. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Be- Mr. Benny. Um, there's a guy named Benny who is uh, a real piece of work. The only time I've ever seen the actor before, he played a general who was leaking false information because he didn't like that the president never served in uniform. So fuck that guy. Um... He yeah. looks familiar to me too. I can't fucking tell. Where he's just. I, I mean, he. If you're any actor that age, you've probably seen him in something. But uh, he's mad at his assistant Hector, who is of course working for him because he doesn't know how to speak English. You know, because he's this guy sucks. Yeah. Also, very obvious that he um, actually does speak English. Uh, mm. I feel like they could have done a better job with that, but nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a piece of shit. He's basically like you know berating him for not knowing English and um, yeah. Well, but he tells him to set traps in because the, they're in a junkyard. And uh, right. what, you know, Hector says basically in Spanish is that, you know, they'll kill someone. And Benny's like, of course they'll kill someone. When you're an American, you'll understand. Which is like, Willie? Because I'm an American uh, and I feel like that's. I mean, I guess he's he is making a point about America's propensity for violence, I guess. Yeah, for sure. But, like, at the same time, um, you know. I don't think that's this is inherently an American thing, uh, obviously. No. But uh, yeah, no, I will find out the reason why he's so all about this later on. Yeah, and so that night, a guy's of course sneaking in um, because you don't you don't set up a character who has booby traps set up if someone's not about to get killed by them. You know what I mean? Correct. Yes. Um, and Benny's sleeping just underneath like an awning. He likes sleeping kind of outside, which is weird. But this guy's existence is you know, you know, not great. Yeah, he doesn't go anywhere when the day is over. Oh, I know where he's from. He's he's from fucking It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm. Yeah, I was um, looking that up. So this guy in a suit comes in. He's walking around. 
and he walks into like the undercovered area that Benny's sleeping in. Benny wakes up, and uh, he says, "Don't do anything stupid. You know, don't take another step." And of course, we know what's going to happen. What happens? Yeah, he sure enough, he takes another step. He trips some wire and gets a fucking biscuit right to his grill, and yeah. not the one from Popeyes. No. Uh, he gets blasted with a two two uh, two gauge shotgun. Yeah, he gets both barrels, and I don't. And he's not playing Donkey Kong. Um. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, we need to start using different restaurants. Other restaurants sell biscuits and Popeyes. I think we probably should switch it up occasionally. Like Red Lobster, famously has biscuits. Although I've only been Red Lobster uh, once in my life. Cheddar. Oh, those cheddar biscuits are fucking phenomenal. Yes, they're very good. Big fan. Um, but anyway, um, you know. Benny's- yeah, but 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 like, but right right off the bat, right off the bat, we're like, this guy's like in a nice ass suit. Like, yeah. uh, you know, what the fuck is he there's doing? Something, at a there's something there's something going on here. What yeah. is he doing at a junkyard? More importantly, what not just what is he doing at a junkyard? What is he doing at a junkyard after hours stealing something? You know what I mean? Like. Right, and like they explain later on that this is like five a.m. This shit does not look like it's five a.m. unless yeah. it's like winter time. Yeah, I think it's probably winter. I don't know. I also don't know why you'd wait till five a.m. Like three. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, get to get right in that REM cycle. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, cut to Doctor Kroger. Monk is asking a question that I think a lot of wayward people ask: Do you love your job? Yeah, and you know, um, I, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not made of stone at some point in my life. We all go through those questions mm-hmm. where we ask, like, you know, like, is what I'm doing, does that make me happy? And then you kind of slowly start to realize that it's not. There's very select few people in this world that get to do exactly what they want. Correct. Um, so, you know, yeah. I mean, it's. I get why he's asking that, but. I no, it's like a good it's like, question no, to ask. Because I, yeah, I also think question. that. I also think, it's, I also think there's a distinct difference between do you love your job and, and hating your job. No, not just that. Do, do you love your job? And does your job completely fulfill you? Because there are a lot of people who love their jobs, but they obviously aren't completely fulfilled by it. You know what I mean? Like, I think, for example, like most teachers love teaching, but that's not enough to make them a whole person. You know what I mean? Like, they need, it's not like, because I think what Monk's problem is, and Dr. Kroger, I think, analyzes it correctly, where it's like, Monk is expecting that he will get all of the fulfillment out of his life he needs, that a job can do that. And that's just impossible, you know what I mean? That's just not Correct. how the world works. Um, but Kroger says that he does like his job, love his job most of the time, um, which I believe, because clearly, you know, he's... I think most people who work in medicine, at some level, love it. Um, yeah. but I mean, uh, you'd have to. Yes. Unless you're that guy uh, that they did that podcast about who was, like, ruining people's backs because he was, like, a drug addict in Texas, whatever. Um, Dr. Death, it was a good podcast. Oh, geez, well, it was a good podcast. Um, he's in jail now. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, okay, I, don't but, he, but, I don't think he'll be in a doctor. Right, but basically, so, like, he asked that question to mm-hmm. go into this next thing, which is basically that he had just come back from court, I guess from, like, some man who had strangled his wife yeah, or something David like that. David Grisham. I don't know why I wrote that down, and I don't ever write down any of the other characters' names. Right, and I didn't this time, so go figure. Um, and he kind of, you know, he's like in the motions about it. He's like going through it in his head that basically, yeah, he caught one guy, but there's another ten guys that are going to do the same shit. And mm-hmm. like, where does it end? Mm-hmm. Yes, and instead of, you know, thinking maybe that's why I should go into social services and try to cut these things off the root, he's like, maybe I should just give up. And I mean, is that the problem with America? Probably. But anyway, um, like, yeah, you're feeling unfulfilled. And, you know, no job can completely satisfy you. And Monk is like, I know that. And then Kroger's like, no job and cleaning. And then he's like, oh, yeah, what I do like. 
Um, but right. he recommends... So, yeah, go. Yeah. No, yeah, he suggests that he, you know, take up a hobby to, like, better express himself. What does he have to express? Who the fuck knows, but, you know, it mm-hmm. might as well try something, something out. to express. And Dr. Krug's example... Mostly annoyance with everything around him. That's true, but, I mean... Let's. I think a plenty of people have made a lot of money off of just expressing annoyances about the things around them. I mean, Larry David's like a hundred millionaire. I mean, I think that he's. Uh, there's a lot of money made in annoyance. Um, True. But uh, Kroger says that he just recently took up ballroom dancing, and Monk is afraid because Kroger's like Madeline doesn't want to come with me. Monk takes that as Dr. Kroger inviting him to ballroom dancing. Yeah, and uh, you know if it if his ballroom dancing is anything like his square dancing, mm-hmm. uh, probably best he doesn't go down yeah. that avenue. No, um, so Monk has to you know think of a different hobby, and so he's, he we, we're left with that. We cut to the junkyard crime scene, and Natalie's like, "Oh, a hobby? What about collecting rocks? You love rocks?" And I love the monk goes, "Rock." Doctor Kroger says, "Rock don't count." Right, um, I'm sure he's done rock collecting, like, and we just don't know about it already. Yeah, probably. exactly. So then she starts, uh, she suggests another thing, writing a novel, possibly. And, you know, that gets him thinking, like, well, who the hell am I supposed to write a novel about? What am I supposed to write about? Like, you know, you could write I mean, about your experiences. Like, I'm sure you could just make pseudonyms or whatever. Yes, the problem, though, is that Monk wouldn't be able to, to take any creative liberties, um, you know. I'll pose just... I'll pose this question to you. Sure. If if you were to if you were like monk and you were able to write a novel regarding one of the cases that you worked on, which one would it have been at this point? Um, you'd want the one with like the most interesting characters. So, um, I would do the astronaut one. That probably. was my gut reaction first. I think that if okay if if if. I w- if Monk was doing it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be this. But if I was like trying to, if I had was be, like jumped into Monk's brain, being John Malkovich style, and my consciousness yeah. was in his, I would do Mister Monk and the Three Pies because I think that I was the, thinking that was my second because choice. the interpersonal stuff with his brother is interesting, and like I think that a good detective story is not just about the detecting; it's about the character stuff. See East Town, comma Marov. Um, I need to see that. I heard it's yo, good. It rules, man. It's so fucking good. It's, Shit. Okay. It, and it's like so much about, like it's kind of about the mystery, but it's mostly just about people in Dalco drinking rolling rocks and yinglings. Yeah, that's what everyone says. It's mostly just a vibe. And it's like, but it's like, it's not, it's not even a vibe. It's like a, it's like if Broadchurch didn't make up other characters just to make you think they were suspects. If they actually cared about those characters. You know what I mean? Okay. Did you watch Broadchurch where just, like, every character existed just for, like, so there'd be one episode and be like, did that guy I do think it? I saw the first season only. Yeah, that's the only season that anyone should watch. I didn't watch the second one. Anyway. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know. Ma- we get Ma- to learn some facts. You Basically yeah. that Benny Wentworth, uh, you know, the guy from the beginning, the racist piece of crap, mm-hmm. um, he's owned the junkyard for 20 years. And not only that, apparently... Mm-hmm. As we probably could have guessed, he was a Vietnam vet, mm-hmm. and he seems to take a particular interest in booby traps. Yes, um, and so as we saw, yes, and so um, the guy who's dead had no wallet on him, nothing. Apparently, there was no car left outside, so he's a complete John Doe, um, and uh, you know, there were but they're making sure to watch out because there could be booby traps anywhere. 
and then Randy accidentally knocks over a couple things, and he is fully convinced that he's going to die. Right, yeah, and um, and Benny takes the the opportunity to suggest that he fucked up whatever he knocked over, so he he wants forty bucks for that bike that he wrecked. Exactly. To which Disher, you know, puts up some reservations. Good for him. He doesn't want to pay the man. Like, no. who knows when the fuck that that bike came and all messed up. Exactly. And they ask Benny to retell the story, and he basically's like, "This guy tried to rip me off. End of story." And they're like, what was he after? And then he picks up a carburetor and says, maybe he needed a carburetor. Um, but Monk points out a couple I mean, things. Yeah. yeah. Go. No, go. No, no, go ahead. Monk no, points I was going to say, t- to be fair, he is actually right. that To him, it was an open and shut case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not really concerned about the larger things at play. But uh, Monk points out a couple of reasons why he probably wasn't uh, looking for a carburetor. Yeah, um, you know, the guy who died um, was wearing a $2,000 suit and uh, some Italian shoes. Um, to which, you know, Monk is like, well... Or no, 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 I'm sorry. Um, Benny suggests that he was, like, on some sort of, like, spree of uh, stealing items. And Monk's like, okay, he stole the suit, the shoes, and a carburetor. And Benny suggests that he had an eclectic spree, which I did like. It is a good stuff. That phrase. And so anyway... Benny ends up getting Randy to pay him $5 for this bike. Um, and Monk asks the question, what happened to this guy's partner? Because clearly he had a partner. Because there was no car, but there is not much dust in the bottom of his shoes. So clearly and someone... And the, the whole off. area was just littered with dirt, so... Yeah. So clearly someone drove off right afterwards. Right. Um, so yeah, we're looking for a partner. We never find out. Like, even though Sotomayor puts that, like, you know, request in or whatever, like, updates the information, we never hear anything about that after the fact. Uh, but we then see in the junkyard a set of canvases and paint supplies. And Natalie suggests that Monk take up painting. Yeah, and luckily Benny's got everything he needs, um, and that's kind of enough said. Yeah, it's worth uh, for $50, which I think for all those canvases, that's a, probably a good price. I don't know how much canvases are going for, but... I've never painted a day in my life. I would no. be horrible at it, so who yeah, knows? I'm so, man, I'm so bad at drawing things. It just, and I, I just, it's just a problem. Like, proportions are horrible. I just don't... I just don't think that, like, spatially, you know? If I were to paint anything, it would just be your toes. That's gross, and also I don't think you're up for that challenge. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think I have enough. I don't think I have a big enough canvas for that. Yeah, you need a big enough, you need a bigger <laughs> canvas. Uh, and so um, the thing that seals the deal for Monk, though, is that Natalie off that she says that she'll pay for it. We cut to as you ex- as you might expect, Monk has covered his entire apartment in like cloths because he doesn't want to get paint anywhere, despite the fact that he's only painting on one side of the room. Right, and uh, not only that, but like to our surprise, uh, he doesn't cover the table that he's painting on either. Like, uh, I thought he would have just done that, to be mm. quite honest. Yes, he's trying to paint a banana, because I think that he knows in his mind that fruit is something that people paint. Um, and, uh, man, never understood that. Never been like, you know, of all the things in the world that I really wanted to see reflected in my art, all the beauties that, you know, the earth has to offer, fruit, which I can see basically anywhere... That's really what I want to see reflected. Um, well, what would you do then? Honestly, the in a my sunset? life, in my life, the art that has actually responded to me the most because I, when I was a freshman in college, I went to MoMA, and 
the Jackson Pollock stuff really spoke to me. Not spoke to me, that's dumb. But, like, that, and then also, like, the... I don't know if you ever... Seeing Dali's The Persistence of Memory in person was, like, really cool. I just think... This is a, is that a MoMA? Yeah, th- it was at the time. This is probably an unpopular opinion. I know that this is objectively wrong, but, like, I... I know what I know what I'm about to say is wrong, but I don't see the purpose of painting something in a way that is even remotely similar to the way it looks in real life. Like if you're gonna paint something, I want it to be completely or a different interpretation. Like Picasso. Not even like self portraits. It has to be like kind of. I mean, I'm also just not a very big visual art guy. I just never have been. Um, but like, I just do not that interested in like a beautiful landscape. Honestly, it just doesn't. It, it's not that it doesn't speak to me. It just doesn't speak to me much more than uh, a photo of it would and i know that that's the wrong opinion i fully understand that um but i like a lot of interpretation in my opinion you don't get the show exactly um you know what else is really cool though i don't know if you uh at the met they have the painting of washington crossing the delaware you know how big that is no it is it is literally this it's probably i'm actually gonna look it up because i have no idea of spatial uh who painted um, that even no idea uh delaware painting size it is um it's uh 12 and a half feet by 21 21 and a a fourth foot wow that is it's giant anyway that's a cool painting um but anyway my thoughts i i know that this is just an area where i have bad opinions and i know it so leave it out of the comment section um so monk is just taking forever to paint and, you know, Natalie's impatient because she has to go pick up Julie, which is weird because Julie just got a car, but whatever. Thank you. Yeah. But then Monk, obviously, Monk is a big problem because when, when you have all the paints on your palette, what are you supposed to do with them? Blend them? I don't know. You're supposed to mix them. No one paints oh, yeah. with just, just the one color. The primary color. Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, um, yeah. So he starts doing that, and eventually he gets to the point where he actually starts putting the what do you call it again the brush to paper to the canvas yeah sure and uh and he's drawing uh you know he's painting a, a banana mm-hmm. but you know nally kind of fucks up and inter- and like you know tries to check on the progress of it and that gets him all self-conscious about the fact that he paint no actually i'm sorry he reacts and says that he fucked it up basically and because he painted it flat mm-hmm I thought it looked okay. Like, it was yeah. an unfinished work. But, uh, yeah. So... Yeah, I... If if some, if someone showed me that and said it was supposed to be a banana, my first instinct wouldn't be, oh, the banana's flat. My instinct would just be, oh, you don't know how to paint perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, Monk... Uh, Natalie, you know, then decides she's... This is honestly being a solid friend. She goes over and she smashes the banana. So then the banana's flat. And then she decides that I'm going to call the community college and sign you up for an art class. Yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, I guess she does that. But we cut real quick back to the junkyard and Hector's back and he's sorry that he's late. But Is there uh, anything, I was going to say, because he says, Mr. Benny, buenos dias. Is there anything more racist that is commonly in everything that every single Hispanic character who doesn't speak great English says Mr. and then the person's first name? Uh, actually, no, because I, it's like half the time they say Mr., and then they have the accent, and then the other half of the time they say Senor. No, I, I guess the thing is, it's just always like, 
I think it's maybe just because they lampooned it on SNL once with the Californians, where just, like, every character is just like, Mr. Derek! Like, it's just, like, it just feels, I don't know. I just don't know. What, is that a thing that people do in Spanish-speaking countries where they'll say Mr. and then the first name? Because the only person I ever no, called Mr. No, it would always be Señor. Exa- well, no, not, okay, sorry, Señor, then the first name. Then yeah. the first name. Oh, really? It could happen. Okay. Because sure. I guess, in my mind, whenever I, the only adults I ever called Mr. and then their first name was, like, by elementary school bus driver. So I said that was kind of patronizing. Not even not. your teachers? No, I said in their first name. Oh. You know what I mean? Because it's, yeah. it's Mr. Benny. Right. And okay, so I yeah, guess sure. I associated with being patronizing because the only time I ever called anyone that was when I was, like, seven. Yeah. Okay, sure. I just don't know. It's just something I've always noticed that they always have Hispanic kids saying, like, because the way they take it is, like, they, it seems like they don't understand how names work, which is, of, of course, incorrect. I don't know. That's just something I noticed. I don't know if it's racist or if it's just, like, a thing I don't know. But, um, anyway. Never but, even think about that. But. But anyways. As I as I uh, wrote in my notes, because it's Mr. Benny Buenos Dias, and then Benny Esta Muerte. Muerto. Muerto? Is it not? Oh, damn it. Muerte is death. Muerto uh, is he's dead. Ah, damn it. See, this is why you need to take high, uh, Spanish beyond high school. Anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. he show, Yeah. Sure enough, Mr. Benny's dead. And, uh, yeah, he's slumped up against a pole. Mm-hmm. Looks like he... It, lo- it appears that he might have fallen victim to his own booby trap, which, mm-hmm. as we know, like how meticulous he was, there is zero fucking chance he fell for his own booby trap. Mm-hmm. Also, let's just take it aside to say it is genuinely one of the funnier things that we don't talk about that the the term is just booby trap like it's like that's just great you know what i mean we're just out here yeah. in professional settings saying booby trap um great stuff whoever did what who started that i don't know but they deserve an award like just being like yep i'm gonna make it in a special military talk we use the word booby anyway monk is at his painting class and this painting teacher's like don't look at the landscape just feel there's no right or wrong. Um, and then Mrs. Benson, uh, which was the name of a math teacher I had, uh, looks at the painting that Monk did and says it's wrong. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's the thing with, like, art, right? It's like, I mean, and, and she says it later on that there's no wrong way to perceive something or to do anything. Well, no, she says that beforehand, and then she sees Monk's and then says it's wrong. Right. And it's just, but he calls her out on it that basically, yeah. like you said, that there is no right or wrong mm-hmm. answer or right or wrong approach to this. Mm-hmm. But before that, we see like this goth chick's uh, pretty sick ass version of uh, yeah. That. What is she doing? Just taking our classes at community college, you know? We just, I mean, she I don't need the credits, bro. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I also feel like this. This is this dude's first day at a community college art class. Like, what that? It just like feels. Uh, what is she doing? You know. I'll paint a. I'll, no pun intended. I'll paint a. No. Also, why don't why don't you intend intend that pun? Well, that's a good. Okay. Pun. No, I'm no, I'm intending it then. Okay. Fuck it. But basically, let's just say she's from Oklahoma, right? And in order to secure an in-state tuition at an art school in the Bay Area, which there's a very famous art school in the Bay Area, you should go to community college for one year mm-hmm. in order to re- establish yourself as a resident, and then bam, baby. That's great you stuff. You get the in-state tuition. No, That's what I did mis- in Arizona. You actually misunderstood what I said, which was, why is the teacher... No, I don't te- give a fuck what oh, you said about okay. that. I was I mean, just saying... That is a big thing. God- a, a very big thing. I think the biggest community college, or one of the biggest community colleges in America is Santa Fe Community College, which which the name would not suggest is the community college in Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> um, and a lot of It people, is? Yeah. Uh, I forget why it's called that. 
Um, I, I was going to guess uh, I think it's New Mexico. Actually, I think it's actually named after Santa Fe, like the Saint. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know if that's true. But a lot of people will go there for that same reason. Um, or even people who are from in-state, like basically if you have like a certain GPA at Santa Fe, they it's almost like a pipeline where they'll let you in. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like how Santa Monica College is basically a pipeline to UCLA over yeah. here. Shouts to Santa Monica College. What, what was the name of the community college you went to and uh, the Zona? Uh, I went to Pima Community College. Shouts to Pima County. Um, exactly. I mean, yeah. As if I'm not a guy who knows like eight or nine counties in Arizona. I think I do. Anyway, because I have no life. Um, what, what's the county that Phoenix is in? Maricopa. That's dumb. Like that's it's okay. one of the, it's like the third most populated county in the country. That's just a stupid question you just asked me. Is it? It's one of them. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, because it has Phoenix, it has Mesa, it has Tempe, it has Scottsdale, Glendale. Um, I think ironically, Lupe, I think, Goodyear. I, ironically, I think it only has part of the city of Maricopa, but that's not here or there. Um, surprise. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I don't I know why. I, honestly, I do not know why I know this stuff. It's because I don't sleep. Um, yeah. Anyway, but um, then Monk is saying that this is how he sees the things, and then we cut back to the junkyard again mm-hmm. because the, obviously Benny died, um, and. Monk is when they're talking about Monk's art. I love Monk's is the teacher said it was odious, which is just imagine if someone said your art was odious. I mean, you know, that's just uh, that's not what you want to hear to uh, you know a, a teacher teaching her budding students. Yes, yeah, it's it's as I said to a doctor this week when I was describing a symptom I was having. It's not ideal. <laughs> yeah, I know, but she's gonna get a lot worse later on. So. Yeah, of course. And so, um, and also, I do always want to say the doctor said, like, yes, I understand it. that's less than ideal. I'm like, I appreciate that. I appreciate that you want to pick it up and I'm putting down. Um, so, when they, they get Benny's body, and uh, Randy says that you can still smell the whiskey on him, um, which, you know, that's how mm-hmm. I want to go out. If I, if, if I go out without and you can't smell whiskey on me, I mean, that's a problem. I'm kidding. Everyone knows I prefer clear liquor. Um, and they th- say he walked into his own booby trap, but Monk has his doubts. Yeah, he immediately is suspicious. He thinks he didn't die there. Mm-hmm. So, luckily for him, he finds a 12-inch record, which mm-hmm. I guess is standard size. I don't fucking know. I'm um, sure. No, it is. Um, yeah, so he uses a record to gauge where the knife is, and it's 48 inches off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he goes over to Benny's dead body and measures the same thing, and it's 54 inches up on his body. So clearly, he was not killed mm-hmm. the way that we found him. Yep. So they follow a little short trail to where he was actually killed. And I guess they find his like little cigar butt or something. They find a little stogie. I don't know if that's actually what that's called, but you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. They find his little butt or whatever. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so, yeah. Clearly, there's something that's in this junkyard that was worth killing mm-hmm. over because this was not an mm-hmm. accident. Exactly. So they look at the logbook to see what you know they recently got. And wouldn't you know it, the last page of the logbook was torn out. Um, yep. And so, you know, they got a... They, and they also learned that um, the death was reported via an anonymous 911 call, which means it's obviously Hector, because Hector, as Randy says way too glibly, has no green card. Right. Yeah. That. Yeah, I'm not going to say... Obviously, I'm a little more sensitive to this than most other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but also... What's interesting to me is this happened in 2007, this episode, mm-hmm. or 2006? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just take a fucking picture of the goddamn list? 
Why would you rip it out? That is a good point. That is a good point. Um, I thought you were going to say, why do they still call it INS? Because if I believe at this time, it was she already was changed to ICE. I, I, th- I remember I looked this up previously uh, with another TV show. I don't. I, I think those are. Th- I think those are two different things to this day. Oh, they they are. Okay. Oh, well, I put an INS on Google and it corrected it to Instagram. Fuck you. Um, INS, uh, immigration. Uh, INS. And INS. Um, what is it? Um, yeah, it's the name ceased to exist under that name in two thousand three, and was changed uh-huh. to the U.S. Citizens Customs Immigration Services, and then so the, USCIS. In, the, yeah, and then but the enforcement arm is ICE. Anyway, correct. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, because my wife is having to submit documentation to USCIS. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but I, 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 honestly, I'm so glad because the amount of times on this podcast where I've said something out of my ass and was wrong, very glad I was right here. Um, anyway, Randy says that he's, they don't need an interpreter because he speaks Spanish. And he, when asked, does he, he says, mucho bueno, which is a problem because when I can understand it, it means you don't speak Spanish. Um, Correct. What should it be? Uh, well, mucho bueno. What do you mean? Uh, is that should, what should it be? Instead of mucho bueno? Um, yes. Uh, muy bueno? Because mucho bueno is not correct. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that um, I really was like mucho más muy. Which one is it? And muy is the one that I've heard before. So anyway, Monk, it's it's late at night. And Monk is knocking on the door. And it is none other than Pecho Lovac. Uh, in a, honestly a great uh, pinstripe suit. Um, and... As soon as I saw it, I'm like, all right, this this is the guy. Just because, like, the nice suits, that's it. That, and also, have has Peter Stormare ever played a good person in anything? <laughs> when we were talking about roles we liked that in him earlier, to recap, we the devil. Um, uh, in John Wick, even though he doesn't kill anyone, he plays a Russian gangster. Probably in- Armageddon. Oh, right, in Armageddon, he's a good guy. But then we also said in 8mm, where he plays a pornographer who murders a woman to make a snuff film. Uh, and famously, he's in Fargo, where he puts um, Steve Buscemi in a wood chipper. <laughs> he's always playing That's right. Um, That's right. Anyway, he says, oh, Adrian Monk, the painter. Which you know this is bullshit, because he's been a painter for like three hours. Right, exactly. They were very suspicious immediately. Mm-hmm. But he apparently is an art dealer in outsider art. Yeah, he, uh, I guess, uh, he's kind of a scout, you might even say. Mm-hmm. Um, or that's what he claims to be. So, uh, yeah, he's there, and he's a big fucking fan. Um, yep. He likes to flat banana. Mm-hmm. He likes it so much, he's willing to pay $500 for that. Yes. And then he finds another painting, which isn't really painting at all. It's just a swoosh. And, you know, he says, with one swoosh, you paint, that you say more than most painters do, with a thousand swooshes. I believe he calls it Eternity Dies. I mean, excuse me, Eternity Dives. <clears throat> dives? Dives, I believe. Or maybe Dies. I don't know. I meant no, it's Dies. It's Dies. Okay, in that case, in, in any way, uh, he offers $1,000 for both of them. Yeah, which, you know, is a nice chunk of change. Um, considering the amount of time he probably spent on it, I think that's uh, yes. money well earned. It is, and also, but the thing is, you always get, I, do, I know Monk is not in the art world, and neither am I in the art world. I don't think art dealers go around making house calls with wads of cash in their pocket. <laughs> True, but also I don't think Monk knows a lot about art dealers. No, that's know. what I was going to say. I, 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 I'm like, right, the reason I qualify that with, I also don't know anything about art dealers, but even I would be like, are you sure you yeah. have a wad of cash? Um, and he says that Monk is a true revelation, and he wants the world to know it. 
yeah he uh yeah that's that's it he wants uh he's he's laying it on real fucking thick i'll say that yes and then we cut to Stott and Randy, who are at Hector's house or apartment, and they're talking to a sibling or someone who lives with Hector, and she's, you know, basically saying she hasn't seen Hector, etc., etc. Randy's trying to translate. It's dumb. Um, and it's clear that he's there, but he's afraid that they're from INS. Um, and uh, so Stoudemire tries to get through to him. Yeah, he, uh, he, you know, he basically just says that he's not with INS. That they just simply want answers to uh, to what happened, and Hector eventually relents and comes out and agrees to basically take them on a tour of like the last day or the last yeah, couple of like, days. Yeah, where everything that would be in the logbook where they went. Um, Correct. And so then we see Monk painting in Natalie's home, and everything is missing from the walls in the room. Honestly, I think it looks a lot better that way. Yeah, it definitely looks better, more sparse. Um, and Natalie yeah. comes in and is like, where's all my stuff? And apparently it's all back, uh, all out back because it was distracting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she, you know, is like concerned because maybe it rained, but, uh, you know, it looked pretty clear all those days that they were there, but yeah, you know, still and would not appreciate anyone moving all my shit to the fucking back. No, definitely, uh, not a nice thing to do. And then, but he's done. He's a safe Take a look. And Natalie's like, oh, the captain will love that because she thinks it's of the captain. But uh, who is it actually of? It's of uh, Natalie Teeger. Mm-hmm. Now, we never see this man. But apparently, it has what very much looks like a mustache. Right, which Monk, you know, clarifies that it's it's a shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly, if there's no shadow anywhere else, then I don't know. I guess, yeah. I don't know. And so then he signs it, says it's his masterpiece, and says that now Julie can go to college. Yeah, and that's. Uh, I hope she's going to art school. Maybe like this commission will get her. Yeah, I mean, she, I mean, she might end up in art school. Who knows? Um, and and Stott shows up with calls Disher. him, yeah, with Disher and calls him Picasso, mm-hmm. and you know, so they start yeah. to like rib him a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, you know, he look. They they all take a look at the painting and they take their guesses. And who are the two people that they guess is portrayed? Jimmy Buffett and Miss Piggy. Which. I could see a resemblance. No, no shots at a uh, at Trailer Howard. Um, I guess I could see that. Maybe a Jimmy Buffett. I don't like know the blonde hair. Maybe I but, don't know. But not a pig. Not a pig. Yeah. I also don't know what someone could paint that would look Trailer Howard out of the equation. I don't know what someone could paint that would look like that people could interpret as either Jimmy Buffett or Miss Piggy. Question: mm-hmm. Is your are your parents parrot heads? No, they do enjoy Jimmy Buffett's music from time to time. Um, like they like the Tiki stuff, but they're not devoted fans or anything like that. I think they've seen like I mean, I, they've been like to bars or whatever. Like their Jimmy Buffett songs have been covered and stuff like that. And they definitely was on in my house occasionally. I've definitely been to the Universal Boardwalk Mar- uh, Margaritaville have restaurant. You, have you? Times. Okay, I was gonna say, have you been to Margaritaville? Of course, I have. I've also been to Cheeseburger in Paradise, which is the restaurant on the island. In I think it's Casey Key maybe or an island around there in the Gulf Coast of Florida where really? Jimmy Buffett wrote the song. Yeah, was it good? It was fine, but I mean it's cool because it's like literally he on the island that he did. Was, you have that, a cheeseburger? I think I did. Yeah, yeah. But he <laughs> had. Uh, but basically, because he was right. I mean, and I'll tell you this: if you if I don't know about the burger he ate there, but man, some of those islands on like that on the Gulf are fucking beautiful. So I fully understand why he thought he was in paradise. Um, okay. And yeah, I've also I mean okay. To have like, 
have like been on long excursions just looking for a lost shaker of, shaker of salt. Yeah, so you know. Anyway, um, <laughs> I could also I could go. I mean, as I'm thinking about it, it's like I definitely have a bigger Jimmy Buffett knowledge than most people do. Because um, I was gonna start making references. I would I'm, fucking hope so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, the thing, I guess, the thing is, insert anything into. I probably have a bigger insert useless knowledge than most people. The answer probably yes. Um, but I remember also when we, I was in fourth grade. My little league team, our little league, which is I think was cool for the because it was like the majors was like fourth and fifth or was like ten year olds, minors was like eight and nine year olds, and for all the minor league teams, all the teams were named after actual minor league affiliates. So we were like the Salem Volcanoes or something like that, which was like a Red Sox affiliate, and one of the parents would play every in between every inning, play the Jimmy Buffett song Volcano as we got, went out on the field, which is fun. How far are you from Port Lucie? Port St. Lucie, exactly across, basically exact distance across the state. What exactly where Port St. Uh. Lucie is, because I'm on the West Coast, so Port St. Lucie is exactly as far away. I went there once to watch the Mets play. Um, it's a right. big uh, But yeah, my hometown, not my, but the adjacent town to my hometown was the um, Rays spring training. So, um, Got it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, you know, they're, they're all looking, and uh, Summer asks monk to come with him as they go retrace the route and monk says he's got to pass because he's a big art show tomorrow yeah he's got a big art show and you know sodomire and tisher are kind of like fucking uh flabbergasted by the yeah. fact that he doesn't want to come along on this but nonetheless uh you know they both and, carry on on their merry way well no then petch enters and oh um, yeah right he looks at natalie and says you must be his muse um once again, just invented acting. Like it just—it's just like the, the amount of act. Is he doing good acting? No, but is he doing a lot of acting? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and you know he's basically selling him out. I, I mean, uh, talking him up, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's starts offering. He starts flashing the cash. You mm-hmm. know he's offering to pay twelve hundred for both of them. I think right. So well, the yeah. rate went up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And. Uh, and then he's a, they, he'll hang them. Oh, in for his, two of them. Yeah, he'll hang them in his villa in Monte Carlo, and he says, "How much for pig woman?" Um, and he keeps offering, and it's not for sale because Natalie owns it technically. She gave it to Natalie, and she, he's willing to pay up to two thousand dollars for it. And he, you which know, kind of flatters her. Yes, but he's she's like, "I can't. I'm sorry. It was a gift. Uh, you have no idea how sorry I really am." Yeah, which good for her. That's yeah. great. And so then, you know, Monk helps him with his paintings. And, um, you know, Natalie wonders aloud, is this real? Uh, and I actually don't like that this moment is here. Because, like, none of the audience thinks it's real. So I don't really like that. It kind of feels like... Um, if Because when, when they ask that question, it, the fact that... I'm, I'm, one of the pieces of, like, TV writing advice I remember that was always, like, a very, one of the basics is that before you go to commercial, you always want to leave the audience with, like, a new question that they're waiting to see the answer to. Um, and, one, it's actually pretty for, poor form to make that actually a question that's asked. But, two, the fact that they end this act with that question implies that the audience is actually waiting to see whether or not this is real. And at no point does the audience think it's real. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of just cheap to be like, of course it's not real. Like, why do you... It kind of, I think, is insulting to the audience to make... To pretend, like, that's actually the question of the episode, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I agree. I also think that you thought way too much about that. Yeah, but. but I do a podcast about the show Monk that hasn't aired in a decade. So, you know, what do you want from me? Um, 
And so, uh, we're in Kroger's office, and Monk <laughs> is sketching Kroger. Yeah. Um, and apparently Monk did not bring a check to his visit. Yeah, you know, why bring a check when you can pay somebody in fucking art? Or in art that will be eventually be worth a lot of Yeah, it feels like cash. paying someone in Bitcoin. Um, and uh, No, this is a lot more, less legit, I think. No, oh, I'm kidding. I, I mean, it's like the, pro- you know what it is? It's like if you pay someone in a Bitcoin, but a lot less in being like, hey, no, but in a few, this would be a lot worth a lot soon. Um, it's like well, no, it's like paying somebody in like a like a stamp, like a yeah, like a, a prince stamp. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it's like. Um, yeah, and so uh, you know, he gives him the the sketch, but Kroger says he'd rather have the check. And you know, Monk is a little bitter. He's like, you know, you never expected me to succeed. Yeah, and uh, you know, Kroger is very quick to correct him on that. Mm-hmm. It's not that. Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, this scene rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, I don't really know what Kroger's... Because Kroger's issue doesn't seem to be that... If his issue was specifically that, uh, you know, Patia was uh, fraud, then that'd be one thing. But it feels like he just is... He, I'm not sure why he He wants the money. No, no, it just seems like he wants the money to me. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what his disapproval of Monk's art is about. Right, I think, you know, I think he's rightfully, uh, maybe he just doesn't see that, like, Monk could be good at this right off the bat, and sure. he's a little suspicious of anyone that's, like, yeah. blowing smoke up his ass, mm-hmm. but, like, the, the main thing that comes across this whole scene is that he basically just wants to get fucking paid. Which yeah, is just I, like, and also, the thing is, <clears throat> it, feels like, it feels like his concern about being suspicious is his second, it feels like he's objects to Monk's whole thing before they even get to... The, you know what I mean? Because, like, he's yeah. he's kind of mad at Monk, and then he's like, and wait, you've also sold this to the same man? Like, that's yes. a secondary thing. But anyway, apparent, what, what we learned from Monk, what Monk knows about him, apparently, is that his family owns an oil refinery, but, uh, you know, he's more interested in, you know, collecting fine art, which honestly is, that, that actually just sounds like, I guarantee most art collectors in the world are like that. They're like the third child of an oil baron who doesn't know what to do with his money. Listen, I watched um, I watched Tenet. Just this is like some airport uh, behavior. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Yeah. Wait, you mean the Freeport? Freeport, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Man, shouts to Tenet. Um, but I'll be. I mean, if anyone wants to join. Speaking of islands, I went to the Cheeseburger in Paradise Island, and right now I am all alone. I have my flag staked. Actually, that's not true. Me and Michael. No, Spindle. you are not. Are you on? Are you on Tenet Island? Or I forget. I'm Tenet Island, baby. Oh man, we're all on Tenet Island. I'm kind of, I bought that shit. Oh, um, not not only that. Rules. Okay, let's just run through this real quick. Sure. Real quick. Sure. Rank them. Just rank these movies. Sure. Specifically. Sure. Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. Inception. Mm-hmm. Tenet. Inception. Tenet. Interstellar. Blank space. Dunkirk. Okay, I would go opposite. I mean, no, no, I wouldn't go opposite. I would go. Um, Inception. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interstellar is last. I, I fucking kind of hate that I movie, I like Interstellar actually. a lot, but... I like it to a certain point. Once they, like, said that love is the thing that transcends all dimensions, mm-hmm. that's when it fucking lost me. I was just fair. like, this movie Honestly, sucks. that's fair. That's fair. I'm willing to go there, but I understand. I, I know that that's where it lost a lot of people. And I So think, Dunkirk's yeah. right in front of that, and then that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I get, Dunkirk is a very good movie. It's just, I don't tune into a Christopher Nolan movie to watch that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Fair, like, fair enough. Um, but anyway, Tenet rules. Um, so, yes. 
uh, Hector and Randy and Stoudemire are at some dumpsters, and um, you know this scene's completely unnecessary actually. So there's yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to the art show, and Natalie's looking around, and she sees the painting that's labeled Natalie, and then she takes off her name tags like it's a very common name, which I love. And then we see, what go? You have something? Yeah, no. I mean, we just cut to Monk bloop, basically bloop, dressed bloop, bloop, bloop. like you know a that is? fucking. You know what that is? No, that's what? a strip. Uh, yeah, that's one way of no, looking it's not. at it. It's horrible. <laughs> it's the anti-drip. He's as dry as a desert. Yeah, and he's just like wearing like I don't know. It looks like drapery almost, yes. uh, with like a tie that hasn't been fully tied and like a burgundy beret. But he's wearing it straight. He like, looks he's not... like, and this is a, just the deepest cut reference. He looks like he's wearing the wardrobe of the Harry Potter character Kingsley Shacklebolt. Um, which I know, wow. I, I, I just went up. He is, and this is unfortunately because I was going to say more. He was more of a Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah, but no, I, I'm Kings. I think it's Kingsley Shacklebolt. I think it's his name. If I'm wrong, but he's like the one. It is. He's the one black wizard who shows up just in like the last two movies and doesn't have any like almost any lines because of course he doesn't. JK, um, but anyway, he's the, you're not JK though. No, I'm not JK. Yeah, yeah of course. It, yeah, surprise, surprise. She did that to the black character, same author who named the one uh, Asian character Cho Chang. Great stuff, uh, Joanne. Anyway, um, no surprise how she's turned out. Anyway, uh, so you know, I love that monks like this is sad. Really, who are they trying to impress? Like, I love how he's fully gone pretentious artist. Yeah, it went zero to a hundred, mm-hmm. and you know Natalie starts to get into what she was really there for, which yeah. is basically she googled Petya, mm-hmm. and uh, she finds she googled him, and there's no records of him existing. Mm-hmm. To which Monk replies that some people in this world are just ungoogleable, mm-hmm. and there's some people you don't Google, like Evan Fournier. Um, and then Why? Well, you don't know about this. Fournier is the term for I believe it's gangrene of the penis. And so, uh, oh! you don't Google it. I don't think, I've Googled him before. I never saw No, him. no, that's, the joke, you can't Google, if you Google him, it doesn't come up, but it's a very, like, if you go on, go on Basketball Reference and look him up, and his nickname is Don't Google. Um, oh my God, I just looked at it. Why did you do that? I've never even looked at it. Why oh my you, God, oh my God, oh my God. Why bro. would you do that? Why did, oh. They're talking to a man who never even saw Blue Waffle, man. Like, I'm fucking... I know. I can know how to avoid shit. Do not look it up. I'm not going... I, I, Andre, I've known about this for like five years and I haven't looked it up. The only really disgusting internet thing I've ever actually seen is Goatsy, but that's mostly funny to me. <laughs> oh but my anyway. god, dude. I anyway. need a moment. No, I, go. I, go I'm, I'm genuinely sorry because I told you not to Google it. <laughs> yeah, but when you say that, you know I'm going to fucking do I, that. I, I, the thing, I guess the thing is, for me... I have a clear conscience because I, when people tell me not to do something, and I think it's the thing I've always disagreed, I've always found myself disagreed, like not understanding a lot of people's motivations, particularly when I was a teenager. If someone tells me not to do something, I, I'm just like, if it sounds reasonable, it's like, yeah, I'm not, not going to do that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I do that? Anyway, so Petra arrives to, uh, well, first, you know, uh, the, the Mrs. Benson starts calling Monk her star, you know, uh, student, and, you know, she's completely changed her mind. Then Petra shows up. And asked Natalie if she's reconsidered um, her the offer about the painting, which she hasn't. You know, she stuck to the whole thing where it's, it was a gift. So mm-hmm. no, it's not for sale. Mm-hmm. Props to Natalie. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so he laments that his complexion of monk will be incomplete. And so um, 
you know. He uh, he meets Miss Pet Miss Benson. Yes, and she, and shows she is her. a fucking self promoter. Yes, and she shows her painting, which sucks, honestly. Like it's just yeah. the scream, but with like a, you know, one step with a metaphor. wedding dress and a with a wedding with a woman in a wedding dress and a fucking bear trap. Yeah, honestly, that blows. Um, I mean this with all sincerity. Monk snowman painting is better than that. One hundred percent, it really is. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, so. You know, they complain the lines are all squiggly, and then they look at the new paintings, and there's a snowman, and then eggs in a nest, which I also would have eggs in a nest. Um, you know, seriously. If I you, thought that was a fucking great painting. I really liked I the would, eggs in a nest one, too. I would, honestly, I would legit hang either of those up my wall. I $1,000, without a doubt, for each, any of them. I, one, because it's yes. the monk paintings, and that'd be cool. I'd just be like, these paintings were in monk. Um, but, like, man, that, i definitely have that. Andy Breckman, if you're listening, please, uh... You, you have my uh, you have my phone number, um, and I'll give you Andre's number. Uh, so yes, he Petra's like I'll have both for four thousand dollars, and that's a good deal, you know. And then Monk tries to show him his sketches, and of course he's not interested at all. Clue, 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 clue. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, he's not interested in that. Um, but you know he does ask Monk to help him. I mean, he eventually does sell those. I guess yeah. those two paintings. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just asked for him to help uh, bring the work to his van, and he's yes. like, seems like you know, he's a, he's in a rush this whole time. Yes, um, and it's not just because he's Russian. It's, it, also, this is unrelated, but you know, this type of guy, he's definitely just doing key bumps every second he's alone. Like, absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. And you gotta respect the game. Um, and so, um, you know, we cut to uh, Stott, Disher, Benny are talking to a woman. Who talked about how she uh, is one of the places they picked up stuff? Had put a bunch of her uncle's stuff after he died on the side of the road, including his paint supplies and a painting that he uh, was working on. Which I understand putting the supplies. Why are you fucking throwing out your uncle's painting? That's rude. Uh, maybe he was a piece of shit. That's true. Maybe he was. Um, and maybe he molested yeah. her. That's dark, but honestly, also a possibility. I'm um, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, the, and honestly, the fact that I wasn't the one to think about that is, you know, I think I'm rubbing off on you, or you and I are, have been sympathetical from the start, and that's why I asked you to do this to begin with. Um, so, they look inside the house, and, uh, then we cut back to Monk loading the van, and of course, the only thing in the van, except for one thing, but we'll get to that, are just Monk's paintings. Yeah, so clearly he's just a fucking super fan, or there is uh, some chicanery involved yes. here. And Petra's and he very mentions, much in a rush. Yeah, go. Yeah, he's in a rush, and he mentions that he needs to get to one more place before he's he's back to Russia. He's back to the airport. Yes, he's going back in the USSR. Um, he's going back to the Freeport. Yeah, he's going back to the Freeport, um, except not because he actually needs to smuggle the... Uh, also, yeah, I actually don't think he's actually going back to Russia, because is he part of the Russian mob in America? Why would he make? But why would he make U.S. dollars if he wasn't in America? I Probably worth global, more than Russian money. That yeah, it's true. Um, anyway, who, it, uh, the inner workings of the Russian mob d- uh, don't matter. Um, in this episode, they probably matter to the Russian mob, but not this episode. Um, if you if you are involved in the Russian mob, please write in. No, I don't need to get involved in the Russian mob. I absolutely oh, just write in. Mob. Just write in. Write in to me at Andre Pereira. Okay. okay, good. Yeah, I uh, you know honestly, I think our podcast would do a lot better numbers if you ended up murdered by the Russian. 
Probably. <laughs> yeah, it's like, listen to the, I'll listen, take that bullet. Listen to this episode where he eggs on the Russian mob. Anyway. Put it put it put it this way. Uh this podcast will be uh worth more money after I'm gone. Much like monks drawing or ding, painting. Ding 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 ding. Exactly. There you go. Um and so um you know, they're talking to this the niece of this uncle. I didn't write down her name because she's not important. Um and apparently the uncle wasn't a professional painter. He recently just took it up, but he happened to have sold a lot of paintings just to one collector in Russia. Yeah, which, uh, I mean, let's bet some cash. Uh, it's going to be your boy, Peta. Yep, and I'll, I'll take that. He seems like a cool guy. I, and as far as the murderers go, I like him. Um, yeah, same, uh, actually. And because and, the, the thing, too, is he is obviously conning Monk, but he's laying on so thick, you know he's having fun. Because he's having a little bit of fun with it. You yeah, know, yeah, Just put some sauce he, on it. Yeah, he's not malicious until we get to one point. Yeah, and also until he murdered. Well, he murdered someone in Act Three. Uh, he murdered Benny, but Benny had it coming. Um, did he? Wait, did he murder Benny? Yeah, who else would have murdered Benny? I don't know. He had a, a number of underlings. That's true. I okay, imagine. so he ordered someone to murder Benny. It's not much better. Um, but we notice in a photo. It's a little the, better. That's true. We notice a, a photo better. of photo of the uncle. The uncle works at Carson Paper, which apparently in the universe of Monk. They make the paper that money is printed on. Because I don't know if you know this, but money is printed on linen paper, not regular paper. I thought it was cotton. I believe. I mean, I I think it has cotton in it, but it's linen paper is what it's called, I believe. Um, okay. Check that. Uh, U.S. currency linen paper is it not. Li- it's I'm definitely wrong. Then it, it didn't. Uh, what kind of papers? It is. What the hell? What did, I, what did I hear the word linen paper? Because that's not even a term that I could find. So it's not. I, no, sorry. It's a be, it's a blend of linen and cotton. So you know what that means? We're both right. Yeah, we're half right. We're splitting. We're both right. Uh, and okay. so, um, so we cut back to uh, the art show, and they're all congratulating Adrian for you know deconstructing the ortho- orthodoxy. But Monk is distracted because in the van he saw the painting. That was hung up at the junkyard, which we can kind of put together is the uncle's painting, and so then it Correct. all it all makes sense to him, and he you can tell that he's given up the dream of being an artist because he removes his beret. He removes his beret, but he's painted the the, the what has happened. That's mm. been uh, exactly his the vision of what happened is his masterpiece. Correct. Um, yes. So then. Uh, he like is upset. He's like, these are awful, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Anyway, um, Stott. We Stott comes yeah. into the art show. Yeah, and he gives he lays it down. Basically, Petya is with the Russian mob, and they've been counterfeiting money with the paper that they've been getting from Mister Larson, who apparently had been smuggling a bunch of uh, the paper that they used to do it and selling it to them in order for them to counterfeit some cash. I'll be honest with you, un. Fucking believable scheme. In order to smuggle, because you obviously you can't sp- take uh, cotton and linen paper out of the country because you get caught. Because it's I don't think anyone else is allowed to produce that paper for that reason, right? And so to just put it inside of canvases as fake art is honestly just genius. Like that is like seventeen d- dimension chess, and I love it. Right, but was he painting fucking stuff while he was at his job there? No, like- it's I think he was like putting. I don't know. It's a, I don't know how, but he was basically take, make, taking sheets of linen paper and like I guess stealing it and then putting it in between like 
an the outer canvases. edge of canvas. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't know how he's stealing it from his job, but to get that smuggle, I mean, that's a unbelievable idea. Because who's gonna check to see what the? Because if the if the outside is a painting, who's gonna see what the inner layers are made of? You know what I mean? No, that's a great point. No, he uh, had something going. Yeah, and if he didn't die, they would have been fine. Um, and so, yeah, they didn't care what was on them. They just needed to uh, remove the. They just needed to get the one the you know paper out of it. Anyway, we cut back to Natalie, and uh, Lovac is he's playing hardball. Yeah, uh, he's playing hardball to the extent like you know, Natalie holds strong. But still, he's taking that fucking painting no matter what. Mm-hmm. And he shows how serious he is by putting a goddamn a gigantic knife against her neck. Yeah. And he's like, I'm taking this whether you sell it to me or fucking not. Honestly, wild that he just carries a knife. I mean, he's part of the Russian mob, but that's a gigantic knife to carry on your person. Yeah, um, it was humongous. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's, she obviously hates it because it's, it's behind like a tree, which is funny. Um did not and, notice that. And, uh, you know, she, he's like, you're going to stand very still and I'm going to take this painting. Um, and as he's going over to grab it, Monk calls for him and Natalie tries to run away and uh, he starts holding a ni- the knife to Natalie's neck um, and takes her hostage. Yeah, uh, but, you know, Monk threatens him with... Uh, luckily, he's figured out this whole scheme so he knows how to get to the heart of the matter so he threatens to burn all the paintings because obviously he got into um his van and pulled out all the paintings threw them all out on the lawn and threw a bunch of gasoline on there and he's about to burn that shit unless uh you know he releases natalie and uh but even then he just starts burning it anyways and that gets him to come out uh to run out and as soon as he runs out stottlemyre and disher get him and uh and the jig is up yep and he's under arrest. And then we cut to the end where there's a fire still smoldering. And I do love this, that Natalie tries to throw her painting on the fire, but uh, Disher stops her because that's the only piece of evidence of the counterfeiting that still exists because of the fire. And apparently the Secret Service is en route because, as anyone who knows any who knows any fun facts ever knows, the Secret Service was originally invented to prevent counterfeiting. That's their, that was their original purpose. You know, that's funny because I actually thought about that and I was just like, wait, what the fuck does the Secret Service have to do with this? But is that true? Is that not no, true? Yeah, that's 100% true. I, why would I make that up? Oh, no. Well, you made it seem like you set it up like it was going to be bullshit. No, I was going to say, because I, I feel like I, as a trivia, as someone who was a trivia kid, like there's just certain fun facts that just are like very popular fun facts. And that's a very popular fun fact that the Secret Service originally invented to stop counterfeiting. And they still do that. Um, I forget exactly how they became in charge of protecting the president and other important figures, but their original job was to prevent counterfeiting money, um, which you know, good for them. Do they have? Is there a head of the Secret Service? And yes. If, and if there and if there is, do we know who it is? No, but the one in the West Wing is named Ron Butterf- Butterfield, so that's something. Um, anyway, okay. uh, and so he tries to burn it again. And uh, we learn then, Stoutmer explains to Monk that the first victim that was killed by the booby trap was actually just a goon. And, um, yeah, all the money that Monk got was counterfeit, which sucks for him. And so he's got to give that back to the Secret Service. Um, and Yeah. Yeah. And then, but Stoutmer says, yeah, says something really nice, though, about Monk. That, uh... Oh, that he is... No, that he is, he is an artist, but just not with a paintbrush. Mm-hmm. 
exactly. Which is nice. No, it's a very nice and like mm-hmm. actually for the first time in a long time, um, I thought about that and I was just like, wow, what a fucking stark difference from like the first three episodes yeah. or like first eight episodes. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why this particularly like uh, touched me in a way. Yeah, because I think it's because it's you know what it is. It's because it's not just Stamar being nice because Monk was nice to him. It's Stamar recognizing that Monk could use someone being nice to him and going out of his way to make him feel better. And if that's not what friends do, then I don't know what friends are for. Um, and then he recommends uh, Flatily, um, and uh, then the episode ends. Yep. Uh, what do you think? What did you give this episode out of ten? I gave it an 8 out of 10. Wow, repeat. I gave it a 7, 5 out of 10. What is going on? The world's upside down. Yeah, no, I know. Um, I'm, I'm saying, like, I, I really wanted to be lazy. I mean, I didn't want to be lazy about it, but, um... Also, yeah, be lazy I just about kind it. Of, I, honestly, yeah. I don't know about you, and I feel bad about saying this. The rating part of these episodes is the part I think about the least. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't just go with my gut. I, you know, I'd much rather... T- if, I talk, if you're going to listen to us talk about an episode for 45 minutes... And then you're hanging with bated breath about what the rating is. You know what the rating... You can guess what the rating is going to be. Uh, yeah. No, that's true. You're right. Uh, but also, I mean, I just was on devaluing like the central conceit at the end of the, every episode of podcast, which is just, just bad business. I don't know why I did that. Um, but yeah. what's good business is telling you you can follow us on Twitter at StrictlyMonk and Andre will follow you. You can follow me at Andre Pereira. And you can follow me at the J. Christie. Uh, this is... I, there's no one who listens to this podcast... Who doesn't probably already know this, but uh, the other podcast I do, Marvel Cinematic University, which the reason I say this is because it's significantly bigger than this one. Uh, even though this is this is the personal one, this is like you know when like a musician has like the side passion project where like they put like the real music on. Um, this is I, I'm just freestyling here, but anyway, we just launched a Patreon, and so uh, you know we're gonna be doing stuff, make getting money. And the good thing about that, Andre, and I know you know this, is that. The tone of the Patreon podcast we're going to do is going to be a lot closer to No Funk or Strictly Monkin than current episodes of Marvel's Mad University. Because, um, uh, yeah. But, like, you're, you're, are, you, are, you, are you failing to mention that I am a fellow yeah, patron? Yeah, you're a patron. And you're going to be – you can be on one of them. We're going to be doing the Mission Impossible series. You can come on for one of those. Not Mission Impossible Yes, series. the Not first Mission, one. You want to be on the first one? Okay, I'll ask them. I like that one. You know I mean, that. I mean, yeah, I know. I like the first one too. I like all of them except for the second one. But we already got but we got a guess for the second one already. Yeah, but you have a weird blind spot where you don't think the first one's that good. I think it's. I think it is. Yeah, I don't like it as much as. I don't know. It just it doesn't do it for me. I maybe it's because I watched them all in a row a few years ago, and I was like, the first one is like the, the first one is the least like the others of all of them. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Correct. Like, yeah. And. Also, I think that, I don't know, I just think that John Voight actually is just like, I just don't buy him as an action villain. He's just too bloated and old. We'll talk about that on the pod. Um, okay. But anyway, uh, yeah, just, you know, share that. Or if, you ha- if you're, if you you know, uh, one of my mother's friends who listens to this podcast, if you still listen to this podcast, Jesus Christ, you, the fact that you're like a 50-something-year-old woman and you were still sitting through all these cuck jokes, I really admire you. But if you have a son who's into Marvel movies, tell him to check out the podcast. Um, you know, I would like... To, uh, you know, get paid, not paid enough to do anything with, but like if I can like, you know, buy dinners a couple times a month off of uh, podcast money, that'd be cool. Um, anyway. And stay, and stay tuned for our next series where we're going to be covering the Showtime show Homeland. Thank oh, you. Lord in heaven. I, I'm sorry. I'll be back in a second. I have to, uh, end my life. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I watched like the first season of Homeland and it was good, but like it was, it was the first season was really good. 
But I'm like, but I was told at the time that everyone's. I love that show. Everyone says like, oh, it gets worse, and it's like the first season's good, but it's not good enough. If this gets worse, I don't really feel like. I'm also no, not no, a no, no, no. That's wrong. That is incorrect. Uh, okay, that's fine. I'm not a Claire Danes guy, and I don't really like Damien Lewis that much. So it wasn't um, that big. Anyway, sorry. I mean, I like Damien Lewis more than like Claire Danes because I don't really like. I just don't understand Claire Danes as an actress. I, I just. Oh don't. man, I really think you're doing yourself a very big disservice by not doing this. That's fine. I, you know, I you should have sprung this upon me at any other time, just so I didn't have to say no in front of people. Um, no. Anyway, I want you to please, be on the record. Yeah, no, actually, don't mind. I, I just, I conducted podcast business on the podcast just five minutes ago. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. so keep review, subscribe, and uh, more important than all that, tune in next week as we talk about Mr. Monk is on the run, part one. Let's get monkey.